1: to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers, to achieve their potential, and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson.
2: Welcome, everyone. Ken and Cheryl here. We're with Tamara Erickson, workplace consultant and author of What's Next, Generation X. And uh, we're delighted to have Tamara with us once again. Uh, Today's workplace is the most diverse ever with multiple generations, nationalities, and ethnic backgrounds. Our workplace has truly become global. One of the foremost experts in workplace and career planning, our guest today, will address the challenges uh, organizations face and how Generation X is positioned in the workplace. Recently, uh, Tammy uh, interviewed with us on the boomer generation and the impending talent gap. Today we'll discuss career strategies for Generation X and how their unique traits of self-reliance, creative thinking, and pragmatism position them for leadership roles that will soon be opening as boomers transition to other roles and opportunities. Uh, if I may, I'd just like to remind everyone of our seven free videos to help you get a better job, for better pay, and a better life. And to access these free videos, simply go to www betterjobbetterlife.com Now to uh, reintroduce our de- our guest, Tamara Erickson is a McKinsey award-winning author and widely respected expert on collaboration and innovation, on building talent and enhancing productivity, and on the nature of work in the intel- intelligent economy. She is recently named as one of the 50 most influential living management thinkers in the world by Thinkers 50. Her work is based on extensive research on the changing workforce and employee values and how successful organizations innovate through collaboration. Tammy is Managing Director of Ingenera Collaboration Services and President of the Ingenera Innovation Network. Welcome, Tammy, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule all the way from London to be with us. I'm happy to be with you. How's your assignment going? No, it's going just fine. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, to establish the foundation for our conversation today, um, who do you see as belonging to the Generation X and what personal characteristics and traits do Gen Xers uh, share?
3: Well, it's a great place to start because actually the definition that I would suggest is probably a little different um, than the one many people use. Um, Xers are traditionally defined as people born between about 1965 and 1980. I actually think that um, the, the years right before 65, the years in the early 60s, um, represent many people who also identify more closely with being part of Xer than they do with being a boomer. So I'd say loosely from about 1961 through about 1980 represents Gen X. That's people in their 30s and 40s today.
2: Now, last well, time you were with us, uh, Tamara, you talked about the looming talent gap in in uh, organizations. Um, uh, share with us a little bit about Generation X and how they're positioned into that reality.
3: Well, Gen X is uh, occurred at a time when birth rates dropped, and so it tends to be a smaller generation than either of the two on either side. So the Boomers had higher birth rates, more people in the cohort, and the same thing with Gen Y on the other side. So it's a relatively small group, kind of sandwiched in between these two bigger generations, um, one on either side. And as I mentioned last time we spoke, generations are heavily influenced, well, we all are heavily influenced, by the events that happen when we're in our early teens or even slightly before that. Um, the years of about age 11 through maybe 15 are very important formative years for individuals because that's when we tend to really listen into new ideas and shape our conceptual models of how things work in the world. And for Gen X, um, these times were ones when, uh, in many parts of the world, certainly in the United States, we were undergoing some pretty significant social changes. Um, we were seeing layoffs that we had never seen before, skyrocketing divorce rates. Uh many Gen X kids had the experience of being home alone, being what we call the first generation of latchkey kids. Um they also saw things like the Challenger disaster, which occurred the space shuttle uh, accident which occurred really right in front of their eyes. Many of them watched it live in the classroom surrounded by their friends and it made a very strong impression on them. So for Young Xers, just thinking about how the world works, uh, in many cases, they came to the conclusion that a lot of institutions just couldn't be trusted, whether it was corporations or marriage, and that being self-reliant, being able to take care of yourself, was a very important characteristic to have and carry forward in your lifetime.
4: Well, it's interesting. Hi, Tammy. This is Ken Dawson. How are you?
3: I'm fine, Ken. How are you?
4: Great to have you with us. Um, uh, We love London. We love the Brits. And if you get a chance, please go to the British War Museum. It's absolutely one of the most incredible experiences you'll ever have in your life.
3: Uh Thank you for the tip.
4: Tammy, what's interesting about what you're saying is, uh, as we discussed last time, we have been following... workforces, and what's interesting is that those in their 30s and 40s now are those that used to say, never trust anybody over 30, (laughs) and here they are now in the area that uh, they used to say you can't trust people. Um, Tammy, we're doing an awful lot of work with our military, and uh, could you, for our military listeners, uh, relate your experiences uh, with what is happening today. Uh, Many of our finest are going into our armed forces and uh, they're very, very interested in your perceptions on what's going on in the workforce, uh, how it relates to the military, and just some of your general observations.
3: Well, I think, um, you know, there, there are kind of our two elements, obviously. There's going in and there's coming out. And I think uh, for those that you're working with who are coming out of the military and looking to move into careers in the commercial sector, um, I think there are going to be some terrific opportunities available because, uh, as Cheryl mentioned in the introduction, we do see boomers uh, moving into at least a different stage of work life, uh, cutting back a bit. And a wonderful opportunity for Gen X to move into some key leadership roles. And clearly the kind of self-reliance and uh, ability to think about multiple options and uh, consider, you know, strategies for dealing with uncertainty that people would have experienced in the military are very much in line with Gen X and very appropriate, I think, for the kind of leadership we need today.
2: And in many ways, some of those um, are part of gener- generation Y, uh, unless they're at the officer some of the officers may be in the generation X arena. Right. but um, there's uh, from what we've learned in interviewing very uh, a number of people connected with the military that the leadership skills that these young people are learning so so early in life are very transferable to the workplace and gives them tremendous opportunity. To fill some of those key roles that are opening up.
3: Absolutely.
4: Tammy, what are your uh, uh, perceptions on, uh, as you travel the world, uh, you know, here in the States we have a culture that's very unique in many ways, and you're in London and in Europe, I'm sure you see many different uh, cultural differences. Share with our listeners um, Uh, cultural differences uh, that you see around the world as it relates to our uh, workforce?
3: Well, um, it's a really important point because I think particularly when we talk about generations, it's important to recognize that um, individuals are influenced by the experiences they have, and those tend to be quite different by country. Uh, particularly among older groups. So we see, for example, among boomers, tremendous differences in how boomers in parts of Asia or Latin America, et cetera, vary from boomers <clears throat> who are reared in, in the United States. Um, I think one of the most interesting differences in the workforce when we look at Europe is that the proportion of the generations, each to the other, is quite different. So in Europe, for example, Gen Y is a rather small generation. They did not have the uptick in birth rates um, that we experienced in the United States. And as a result, rather than being kind of a big, boisterous generation, uh, Gen Ys here in Europe are actually a smaller group even than Gen X. And that, I think, plays out in terms of uh, the visibility that they get from a consumer marketing perspective and also from attention from an employer perspective.
2: Well, and isn't it true that since we are becoming such a global economy, uh, in many respects that could bode well for the Generation X and perhaps Generation Y as well as they look for global opportunities.
3: Yep, I absolutely think that's true and I think uh, we, you know and a flip side of what you said is that both generation X and increasingly generation Y are both very multicultural generations and so they're they have a more natural acceptance I think of some of the global diversity than some of us who are perhaps a bit older uh grew up with.
2: Mhm. That's interesting. And so before we um close this first segment we've got a couple minutes here if you could just share What's your premise is for What's Next Generation, the book?
3: Well, um, um, I wanted to write the book to Gen X um, to make a couple of points. One is that um, they are moving into an important leadership role, so their roles are changing. Um, They're moving from being the workers to the leaders, and I wanted to write a book that was about that kind of leadership um, I, secondly, I wanted, though, just to encourage the generation to, to feel good about what they have to bring to bear. I think many times Gen X has been a little bit overlooked and under applauded, and I wanted to applaud Gen X for the skills that they do bring to the workplace and encourage them to take full advantage of that in the years ahead.
2: Well, I thought your observation uh, on Gen-, Gen X and their resilience was was excellent in the book. And we've, as we've worked with, uh, uh, well, literally hundreds and, and even thousands of employees who have transitioned because of uh, various um, mergers, acquisitions, and relocations. And now we have a, a recession in play. Um, that that resilience has really helped them as they have had to look for new opportunities.
3: <laughs> it has. I sometimes say that. Uh, uh, <clears throat> that boomers were a bit surprised by the recession, but um, I don't think Xers were surprised at all. They've been uh, thinking about what if and making alternative plans for most of, their, uh, most of their lives, and I think it gives them a strong advantage um, as they go into a recessionary time.
2: And just with a few seconds here left in the session, uh, section, uh, how has Generation Y affected the workplace as they're coming in?
3: Well, Gen Y brings, of course, a unconscious acceptance of technology, uh, but they also bring a real sense of immediacy and um, a real sense of uh, getting things done today and living today to the fullest.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break now, but when we return, we're going to look at more keys to Generation X career success, so stay tuned.
5: News. Opinion.
4: Can
5: you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today we'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action get the interview you want with a world-class resume make your references work for you and beat the competition network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement research more effectively the key to more job leads stronger interviews and higher pay Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. best are you unhappy with your life looking to get unstuck from your rut are your fears of happiness love and success holding you back you deserve a second chance tune in to second chances with susan armstrong each show will help you find your inner success whether it's financial success relationship success or the happiness and freedom in your personal life You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel.
5: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to Air at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Tammy Erickson, and uh, we're talking about what's next, Generation X. And we had an opportunity in the last segment just to cover a little bit about each of the uh, generations currently in the workforce And uh, given their uniqueness, uh, Tammy, what are some of the special contributions uh, that you see Generation Xers making in the marketplace? Well, I think the primary one is that
3: um, they're options thinkers. Um, I don't think I did a single interview with anyone from Gen X who didn't at some point um, use the phrase, if something bad were to happen. Um, Xers tend to think about the what-ifs in life, and uh, most of them will talk about their lives and particularly about their careers as, in, in almost a portfolio sense. I'm doing this today. I, I've got this going on the side. I'm working on Plan B, uh, etc So they tend to keep multiple balls in the air and, and think about options and think about what they would do if uh, this particular avenue uh, – Proves not to be successful, you know, how would they shift into another direction? And I love that way of thinking. I think it's a wonderful thing for most of our organizations today to have people. Uh, in leadership positions who consider the possibility that the world may not be, uh, <laughs> heading in quite the direction we've all become accustomed to and who are, are constantly thinking about what the multiple scenarios might be. And I think that's probably the primary thing that Xers will bring into the workplace.
2: Well, and it's a good timing too with all the challenges that organizations are facing, uh, not it only is here absolutely. in the
4: US, but, you yeah, know, really globally that's happening. I Amy, mean, one of the things that uh, we're doing in addition to work with veterans is exploring uh, helping college graduates uh, around the world. Uh, one of the issues that we have in our country, and of course you see it there in Europe, uh, China, India—it's really a problem all over the world—is uh, kids are very smart, uh, going to college and getting degrees, but they have no jobs to go to. And China, as an example, has recently. Uh, uh, put together a budget of $6 billion, billion billion with a B, just in China to uh, create a way for college graduates to go into companies, to recruit companies, to identify uh, skills, abilities, and talents and how it relates to the, the culture, as we discussed. And uh, that's just a fantastic opportunity for many people but it's a huge problem at the same time uh, what are your experiences or what are you seeing there as it relates to that
3: well I agree it's been a very difficult time for um, Gen Y over the last couple of years I mean I think a lot of companies have um, cut their college-level hiring as perhaps one of their first steps in dealing with a recession I would say a couple of things one is um, I think uh, you know, many WISE <laughs> are probably not quite as stressed about the whole situation as their parents might be. Um, now, I recognize that there are others who have significant financial commitments already that they need to take on. But for many WISE, um, their primary objective over the next several years is to get good experience. And so I always encourage WISE, where they can, to focus on uh, finding some work that will be challenging, that they'll learn from, and if they have to do that on a, um, you know, reduced fee basis or even a volunteer basis, jump in there and get that experience because the economy is going to pick up. It's picking up already. And as it does, having that good experience on your resume, I think, is going to count for a lot
2: so well, that's really good advice and in fact we're going to be having a uh, college grad uh, seminar as part of our corporate business we do this each year just to help out uh, those who have not been able to place as yet uh, once they get that um, treasured uh, diploma and uh, we uh, we're always amazed by the diversity of talent that we the young young kids that come into the program and they pick up they just are you know like sponges they really pick up the Uh, recommendations we make and are eager to to apply them and you do have to have that flexibility uh, when the market is is tight like it is. Well in terms of Generation Xers and what they're facing during the recession, do you feel they've been more or less uh, hit by what has happened? Are they more protected or less protected in this environment?
3: Um, Actually I would say Gen X has had the most difficult time in the past recessionary environment. Um, <clears throat> if I had to pick one generation, recognizing that everybody's struggled a bit. But uh, here's some issues around Gen X. First of all, they're the first generation in some time to actually have lower net worth than their parents' generation. Gen X has been moving backwards. Um, a lot of that is in a real wage sense, um, driven primarily by um, job availability for males in Gen X. As, many, as high-paying manufacturing jobs have moved overseas, uh, the men of Gen X have really suffered rather significantly. So we've seen an increase in the wages of women, but a significant decrease in the wages of many men in the Gen X age group. Um, this is a group that bought houses near the peak of their value in many cases, um, after the value had been driven up by that large group of boomers, Gen X jumped into the market, but with really bad timing, and as a result, tends to be the generation that has been hardest hit by the whole housing uh, situation. They incurred tremendous school debt in many cases. They actually are the highest educated uh, generation in the United States. Gen Ys may overtake them at some point in the future, although that's not 100% clear that that will happen. Um, Gen X has, is very highly educated. Almost 1 in 10 um, have uh, graduate-level degrees, but they incurred huge debt to, to earn that level of education. Um, And so you put all those various factors together, and they are a generation which financially, I think, has one of the most precarious positions. Um, Assets, uh, underwater, large amounts of debt, and, of course, young kids, young families that they still have to support.
4: The other issue, of course, uh, Tammy, is uh, in Washington with our politicians, uh, we're seeing so much spending happening, so much uh, that, so many uh, problems that people are having, and then the deficit is just running up like crazy. And and who's going to pay for that? I mean, it's it's certainly extras, but it's wise. And then uh, the generation coming after them. And by the way, that's a great question. What do we do for our next uh, generation? We're running out of letters. We have X's, Y's, and <laughs> we go to Z's. Yeah.
3: Well, I hope not. Um, I've suggested we call the next generation the regeneration, because I think that uh, people born after about uh, 1995, uh, people who've become 11 to uh, turned 11 in the last few years, um, are not members of Gen Y. Um, they've been influenced by a very different set of factors. They've been heavily influenced by the recession, by energy issues. We read them storybooks about penguins on ice caps that are melting. Um, they study water shortages in their school curriculum. They really are about finite resources. They understand that we have finite resources, both financial and, and uh, ecological, and they um, are much, I think, more focused on living in a world of finite resources and making the best of that which is why i suggest regeneration as their name
2: well, we, we hope that we're not putting them in a situation where there's nothing left for them to regenerate <laughs> well what are some of the key actions that the generation xers should be taking now to ensure that they optimize their potential with, within the organizations they're currently in or if they're in transition and they're looking for new opportunities
3: well, there are a number of things that they can do. Um, one is that I would recommend is really understand their own personal strengths. You know, when we're early in our careers, we often like to uh, uh, take on roles where we can learn a lot and where we can experiment with different things that we might or might not be good at. But at this point, for most Xers, um, they're at a point where they want to think about optimizing their earnings potential. And that generally means focusing on the things you do particularly well. So I recommend getting very clear about what your strengths are and then working in areas that optimize those strengths, certainly over this peak earnings period, which they're in now. Uh, A corollary strategy to that is I recommend that you do things which – um, in, in a sense, reinforce that brand in the mind of your work colleagues. So let me give you an example. Let's imagine that you feel you're particularly strong at project management and you want to be known within your organization as uh, someone to turn to for, for major complex projects. Um, would it be possible in your local community for the time that you have available for volunteer work that you might take on a responsibility, let's say project managing your local school's expansion program, construction program, because the advantage of that is it gives you something to talk about in the workplace that reinforces your overall image in the minds of your colleagues. It's a way of saying, this is who I am and what I'm really good at, and showing them in different lights um, how that skill set can be applied productively.
2: Oh, those are excellent uh, uh, recommendations. And what steps for, for those that are going to be positioned for those senior-level positions, uh, senior leader leadership positions, what additional steps do you think that they need to do to make sure they're, they're uh, uh, ready for those as they open up?
3: Well, I think, you know, as actors as begin to move more into senior leadership roles, the first uh, overarching comment I would make is that they recognize that the, I, I would say, the fundamental meaning of leadership is changing. Um, You know, we used to think about leader as somebody who was kind of out in front uh, setting the way and everybody else was just falling in line behind them. But a leader's role today in this kind of complex world we live in is much more about creating a context in which a large number of people can contribute productively to coming up with um, solutions and ideas. It's about context setting, and so I talk a lot in the book about uh, various activities that leaders need to do. For example, ask great questions. I think a leader's role today is much more about the questions you ask than the answers you have. And being able to ask great questions is a very important element of a leader's
4: role. And, um, I mean that's, that's a, perf- a perfect example of what you're saying is what we have right now in the Gulf, the oil spill. And, of course, you're in London and the Brits are upset and... President Obama is in exactly that position where he has to provide the leadership to hopefully resolve this issue, and it's uh, very difficult.
3: It is, and he certainly can't do it by having the answer, because uh, I don't think anyone would, would expect that someone, you know, I mean, he's, he's not of the background that he's going to have the answer, but he can create a context in which many people who are experts can come together, can share ideas, and can hopefully um, help formulate the best way
2: forward. I know this is uh, one of your areas of expertise, the innovation and collaboration, and certainly we see that that's more and more critical for success um, at any uh, level of leadership, but also for those that are kind of the followers um, in being able to uh, feel that they're contributing and, and be able to do the research and make the contribution in order to come up with a, a team solution, not just uh, something that's already sitting in a textbook somewhere.
3: It is. And so one of the things I would, I would suggest both for the leader and the person who's not the leader <laughs> is that you focus a lot on creating uh, a network of connections. You know, we tend to collaborate more easily and readily with people we know and trust. And so being part of an environment in which you are connected to a number of people within your work organization, for example, or in other areas where you want to collaborate, is an important investment to make. Get to know people. Um, Spend time developing trust-based relationships. And if you're in the leadership role, make sure you um, do things which would give people in your organization both time and opportunity to get to know each other.
2: Well, that is, that takes work, as we've seen uh, in our transition process with, with all generations, that those relationships are so important to success. Well, we're going to take a short break here, but when we come back, we'll look at more of the options available to Generation X for their career success. So stay tuned.
5: Experts. call toll-free right now one 472 5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com
0: are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve if you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life Go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively the key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com.
2: It's always five o'clock somewhere. Thursdays at five Eastern time, be sure to tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel for Cocktails for Everyone with host Catherine stanton Schiff. Catherine will take you behind the scenes of your favorite beer, wine, and spirit brands, the people that create them, and the restaurants that serve them. The program will keep you on the pulse of the beverage industry and may even keep you a step ahead of the bartender. Cocktails for Everyone airs live Thursdays at 5 Eastern Time. That's 2 Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
5: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to TCS tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Tammy Erickson and we're talking about Gen X and what's next for them and Tammy, how can Gen X uh, find work that aligns with their passions? You mentioned how important it is to emphasize strengths and it's also important to, um, you know, to find your passion and what you can really be excited about.
3: It sure is. Um, Yes, the work that I've done shows that uh, each of us tends to be really excited by different things. We don't all like the same thing about work. Um, Some of us really care very deeply about the fundamental meaning of the work we do. Are we working on... uh, Activities that are giving back, or or that have a some kind of element of building something for the future. Um, some of us love being part of teams. Others of us don't. Some of us like risky environments. Some of us like very secure environments. And understanding yourself, knowing what it is about uh, you that really gets excited, is a very important part of finding work that you're going to that you're going to both find meaningful that you're going to enjoy and that you're therefore going to give your very best to. And what I suggest to people is, you know, think about times for example when you have just lost track of time, you know, when you've been involved in something that's so engaging that you just completely lose track of what you're doing, time, etc. or when you're so proud of something you've done that you can't wait to tell other people. And try to identify the characteristics of those situations. What was actually happening? Were you working with others? Were you working alone? Um, Did you know exactly what you were doing, or were you kind of inventing as you go along? What are the characteristics? And then see if you can find, identify work opportunities that match those characteristics, Um, you know, more so than the the actual content of the work itself.
4: Tammy, in the future, well, let me back up. Um, I've been doing this for a lot of years, and you might remember Future Shock,
3: mm-hmm, nineteen
4: seventy-five. And and I used to teach, uh, I used to do management training, and we used to have a lot of discussions about that and futurists and all the rest of it. And I'm thinking about uh, the future we have and how. And I'm looking at your background. And I'm looking at things like innovation and creativity and how. Uh, people of the future are going to have to be extraordinarily innovative and creative as it relates to not only creating the culture of the future, but dealing with the culture that they have. Your thoughts on that?
3: Well, um, <laughs> I, I do think we're going to have to be creative about it because I think one of the things that's happened over the past uh um, you know, I don't know, several decades or so, is that in many cases, organizations have gotten more homogenous. We've tended to gravitate towards some kind of uh, bland middle ground with people who are focused on best practices, which by definition means the same as what the other guy's doing. And I think a lot of the creativity comes into play from a leadership perspective in terms of thinking about what's unique about your organization and finding ways to emphasize that. So I always encourage companies to really be a bit idiosyncratic. Figure out what it really means to work in your organization. Why do people come here? What are the very best parts of being part of your organization? And how can you creatively create experiences for your employees that amplify those best characteristics?
4: One of the uh, issues, of course, we're dealing with politically is the whole issue of a redistribution of wealth and how the new cultures and the new uh, people of the future are going to have to deal with that and how that relates to organizations. So many companies right now are scared to death to do anything. That's why unemployment is so high. They're hoarding cash. They're not spending on the things that they perhaps used to but they are not primarily because they're really unsure and uncertain of what is going on in Washington and how it's going to relate to their company.
3: It is definitely a time of great uncertainty. I agree with you. Um, fortunately, we are starting to see, particularly among some of the bigger companies, that hiring is picking up, and I think we will begin to see more and more of that going going forward. Um, you know the the numbers are just compelling, as uh, as I know you know, uh, Ken. That that in fact the uh, reality is that we have very slow growth rates ahead in terms of the increase in the size of the workforce in the United States, and almost any uptick in terms of job creation um, should result in fairly substantial uh, opportunity to close that gap that exists in unemployment today.
4: And, uh, again, you know, we all are staying on top of this, but, I mean, we're talking about a jobless recovery. I mean, there are, there are economists and future sort are of saying it could be 2013, 2014, maybe even 2015 before we really see job growth come back the way it used to in the past.
3: Well, I think that's a little oversimplified, personally. Um, The reality is we've actually got a paradox going on. Um, We've got two things which are occurring at the same time, and it gives the appearance of a jobless recovery. But the reality is we have what I would call persistent unemployment, and I totally agree that, unfortunately, I don't see an end in sight to that. And we have a growing talent shortage. So right now we have a situation where there are many jobs, millions of jobs in the United States that are being classified as unfillable because employers cannot find people with the skills that match those jobs. At the same time, we obviously have huge high levels of unemployment, people who can't find jobs. Uh, that match their skill set. So we've got this real mismatch going on between what people are trained to do and the jobs that are being created. And unfortunately, that situation, I think, will persist for a significant period of time.
2: And that's where opportunities can really be created uh, for Generation X as they look at where their strengths are, where their passions are, and where those opportunities are Uh, to be able to, um, you know, get the extra training, the certifications, whatever is necessary that they're um, prepared to take on those opportunities. And one of the things we talked about, um, you know, in the last um, program on boomers and certainly applies uh, to all career planning is the idea of the career curve and to be able to recognize the nuances of that, and we kind of alluded to it, in the last couple of segments, but can you clarify that and how Gen X uh, fits into that um, uh, context? Well,
3: you know, the, I guess the primary message that I would offer to Gen X is, <laughs> I don't know that this is always good news for people, but is that Gen X has a lot of years ahead. Um, you know, they have very long life expectancies, um, And so anybody who's in their, let's say, 40s and thinking that retirement is around the corner is thinking about that in the wrong way. Um, People in Gen X need to be thinking about, I've got enough time to really get this thing right. So if you're not in the kind of job you want to be in today, you've got plenty of time to um, readjust and rethink and begin to move into a job that's going to last you for the next 30 or 40 years. Um the career curve comes into place because people like to I, I think increasingly are becoming more vocal about wanting to work at different levels of intensity over time. Uh not everyone wants to kind of continue on this great crescendo up until um age fifty five or sixty when they're at the peak pinnacle of their career. Some people like to slow down in their 30s and then maybe pick up the pace again and maybe slow down again at some other point. And so having the opportunity within companies to speed up and slow down and take on more, take on less, um, to have those flexible career paths becomes a very important dimension of career planning today.
2: Well, we see that uh, all the time, uh, and we work with lots of different types of organizations, some that are more Uh, structured, some that are a little bit more behind the curve in in terms of their organization development, Uh, and having that flexibility and having that foresight to take on the responsibility for your own career is so critical, uh, ultimately, for success. And just a few moments here before the break, uh, any comments on that, uh, Tammy?
3: Well, just that it's particularly important for Gen X. uh, They want that. And so uh, employers really need to provide opportunities for Gen X to make choices and be able to uh, choose for themselves the kind of things that they would really like to focus on for their careers.
2: Okay, excellent uh, advice for both Gen X and their employers. So stay tuned. We're going to have more to come in the next segment.
5: Opinion.
4: Can
5: you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today we'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action get the interview you want with a world-class resume make your references work for you and beat the competition network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement research more effectively the key to more job leads stronger interviews and higher pay Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com
5: successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com
1: you are listening to total career success with ken and Cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to air at com. Now, back to the program.
2: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Tammy Erickson, and we're delving into what's next for Generation X. And we've really talked about a little bit about each of the generations because they're obviously interacting in the workplace all the time. Do you have any special advice, Tammy, for... Gen X of how to work most effectively with their co-workers?
3: Well, I think across all the generations, the primary advice is just to recognize that
2: each of us has a very
3: legitimately different perspective. Um, you know, what's what's so difficult is that it's so easy to judge the other person because they see things differently than than the way we see them. And to think that perhaps the other person isn't as smart or (laughs) is somehow missing the picture. But the reality is each generation has a very legitimately different perspective on things. Let me give you an example that I've been fascinated by. Um, I think that boomers and Xers, as an example, approach parenting in very different ways. So boomers, I would describe, are very committed to ensuring their children's success. Most boomers will tell you that they do just about anything to help their children be successful. Very important to them. Xers, in contrast, see parenting a little differently. Most Xers would articulate it that they're very committed to being good parents. Now that may sound the same on the surface, having successful children, being good parents, but it plays out pretty differently in terms of how people structure their lives. So, for a boomer, for example, um, many times the kinds of things that corporations ask you to take on—more work, more responsibility—is very congruent with a boomer's idea of being a of parenting because they tend to think, "Well, I'll take on more." I'll earn a little more money. I'll be able to help my children be more successful. In contrast, for many Xers, there's a real conflict. Because if a corporation asks you to take on a little more, it for many Xers, it comes in conflict with their value system around parenting. Um, they begin to worry that they won't have the time to spend, that they think a good parent should spend, or they won't be able to do the range of activities with their child that they think a good parent would do, let's say, be home for bath time or whatever it happens to be. And I think it's been difficult in corporations to get the level of uh, empathy and respect that's deserved um, to recognize those two very different approaches to parenting and to develop policies that would support um, both generations.
2: And how does that impact, uh, engagement or disengagement as we hear so much about in the, in the workplace?
3: Well, it can have a huge impact. I mean, many Xers, for example, when forced to make a choice between, uh, <clears throat> corporate requests and their parenting commitments, end up choosing their parenting commitments. Or if they do choose kind of sticking with the corporation, they often feel very conflicted about that choice. Um, I've particularly had a number of Gen X men in the interviews I've conducted who are very distraught um, by the choices that they've been. They feel they've been forced to make to remain active in the corporate world, um, when in fact their value system would 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 cause them to want to spend much more time with their families.
4: You know, what's fascinating about what you're saying, Tammy, is uh, in our book, Job Search, Total System, of course, we came out with it in, in 88, and that's uh, basically uh, 22 years ago. Um, but we have experienced uh, so many changes as it relates to our book and the perception of our book. When we first came out with it, of course, uh, people were used to saying, oh, boy, I'm working harder, smarter, longer, that comes naturally, I've always done that, and I've always done that for my family. and and as we moved in from uh, you know X's to Y's, there's there's less of that. There's less commitment to working harder, smarter, longer, coming in early, staying late, and doing all the things a corporate uh, environment wants you to do. Uh, so that's exactly the kind of thing you're saying.
3: Yeah, and I think what I try to encourage people is to recognize that there that that's pretty legitimate. In other words. Um, If you look at it from an exer's perspective, they saw, as young children, adults being laid off from corporations. That's one of their first formative impressions of corporations, is that adults were laid off. And so they're not inclined to want to work longer, harder, smarter, whatever, if it means putting all their eggs in one basket, if it means being completely dependent on that corporation. They would rather work a portfolio of arrangements where they are working a little bit here, a little bit there, keeping options open, etc., because they don't fundamentally trust um, any single institution uh, to be to be one that uh, they can they can hang with for a long period of time.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. Cheryl's a boomer. I'm a pre-boomer. My older brother's a pre-boomer, and I mean, when we were growing up, uh, you know, one company, one career. You didn't yeah. change companies. You, you didn't leave. You worked one company. And look at the difference now as it relates to then and all the things that have happened in between.
2: Right. That's right. And what would you say for companies then uh, that are wanting to increase the engagement of these important Gen X as they want to prepare them to fill that talent gap, to keep them engaged and to be able to bal- help them balance their family obligations with their work uh, commitment?
3: Well, my overriding advice to companies around Gen X is don't scare them. In other words, don't don't make them feel like they're being backed into corners or pushed out on limbs uh, where they have very few options. The best thing you can do with Xers is give them a number of options and let them choose. Give them choice. So, for example, where a boomer might like to hear um, you know, if you do this successfully, you'll be promoted into this job, a single job. An Xer is much more likely to, to be engaged if you say, if you do this job successfully, it will open up six other possibilities of directions you might be able to go. So learning this skill is going to give you a breadth of different options and possibilities within our company. Well, and we're going to always have keeping in mind that broadening is very yes. important with Xers.
2: Tammy, thank you so much for being with us today and joining us from London. And we've had an excellent show. I uh, wish we could cover more. Be sure to uh, take a look for What's Next, Gen X. I know you can get that on Amazon. And uh, any other website you want to mention, Tammy?
3: Well, my own website is www.tammyerickson.com.
2: Very good. Well, we'll have another excellent show for you next week. Be sure to join us, and
4: thank you again, Tammy. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Bye.
1: Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.